I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I hope we're having a good day today. Let me first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If your son or daughter needs to be diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also draw on the right to the music that I found, the intro and outro. They're both found on www.archive.org. I also have a mission today. I'd like to reveal with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the negative stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabled. People on spectrum are not broken, not to be fixed. Those who have conditions do not want to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. I also have some paid for the following. One of the reasons I would like to acknowledge Knight Allen Dean Kelly is their generosity in providing their shirts for our gala, as well as their excellent printing skills. Night Owl Promotions has been in business for 20 years in Ellettsville and Spencer, Indiana. They are a family-owned business with the best and hardest-working employees. Night Owl Promotions is the place to go for printing needs. They can assist you. The Rockman ETAL company specializes in educational programs and products evaluations for some of the country's leading media creators, including PBS Kids and Fred Rogers Company, to provide diverse viewpoints and insights. They include neurodiverse participants in their research. You can sign up at bit.ly slash REA playtesting if you or members of your family are interested in paid playtesting or storytelling opportunities. Our last pay for the following goes to GM or General Motors Charity for Kids. My father works there and GM Charity for Kids has been supporting kids activities in Lawrence County and surrounding communities for many years. Employees, friends, and suppliers of the GM plan in Bedford, Indiana, raise funds for the kids programs through this 501c nonprofit. And there are some people I also like to thank. I meant to do this in the previous episode in C205, Find the Blueprint, but I must thank Sonny Von Cleveland, C102, authentically honest with Sonny Von Cleveland, but what an awesome guy and amazing guest. Thanks again, man. You rock. Plus, I want to thank this person from our gala, and that would be IDS reporter Christina Avery, she wrote an awesome story about the event. Autism Rocks and Rolls wishes you the best luck in your future. Furthermore, I want to recognize Marie Martin Workman for the shirts that she printed for us. They look wonderful. And if you want one, then contact me at my email address, info at autismrocksandrolls.com. Be sure to get one. It will be a purchase you will not regret. In addition to this list is Jonathan from the Blue Collar Enlightenment Show. The reason why I thank him yet again is that he invited me to be part of his first ever Twitter space. And it was my first time doing one. I even brought in James Cox and Amy Shapiro. And John, it was a fun time. And I went the past couple of times and I had a blast each time. Additionally, I want to thank those who attended my mock speech or travel to remember or not to remember. It was a great speech and I am thankful to those who attended. On top of this, I also want to say that I am excited about my next two speaking gigs because this month I'm going to ASET, which stands for Associate Special Education Technology in Canada and PodFest in Orlando. I'm ready to kill it and inspire those who attend. And since the last time I was here, I did another networking event through Landed for Success. Thank you for letting me on and I did make some awesome connections. Since the latest episode is I've been on several podcasts. I was on the Modern Day BCBA podcast with Sarah Morris, Profit Architect podcast with Travis Johnson, the Superhero Finder podcast with Matt Wilson, and the Flipside podcast with Annie Mai. These are awesome podcasts. Be sure to listen to all these amazing podcasts. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We're going to hear about CPA tax service, so let's get to it. Stephen R. Miller, CPA 
in Bloomington, Indiana will take the stress out of your tax preparation and filing. With over 35 years of experience, he is knowledgeable, friendly, and will help you reach your goals of minimizing your taxes without having to spend days reading through dry, technical, and difficult materials. Mr. Miller will prepare your forms and meet with you prior to filing to make sure that you know what to do and when to do it. Stephen Miller and assistant Angel Shearer will make sure your tax prep is easy. See them today at 205 North College Avenue in Bloomington, Indiana. Tax season is right now and not around the corner. Call Stephen Angel at 812-332-0557 or email at stmillercpa at gmail.com. Do it now and don't wait until the last minute to do your taxes. And we're back. And yes, please check them out because they will 100% sure help you out with your taxes. Now for today's episode, we have one of my connections from the previous season. During season one of Autism Rocks and Rolls, I was on her podcast called Hello World with Mia Sundermeyer, and I figured I would return the favor. Ms. Sundermeyer is not only friends with Temple Grandin, like me, but she is employed at the Center for Leadership and Disability at the School of Public Health at Georgia State University. We are also like because not just because we both have autism, but we have similar beliefs because we both believe in the importance of self-advocacy and equal opportunities for every man and woman. Let's welcome leader and podcaster Mia Sundermeyer to Autism Rocks and Rolls. How are we doing today, Mia? Oh, hello world. How are you doing today, Sam? Doing good today? Yes, I am. Okay, that's awesome. Now, my first question to you is, what does having autism mean to you? So that'd be a tough question. I think what autism means to me, first of all, that could go in a lot of different directions. That could mean what my beliefs are as far as as whether or not do I want to use people first identity or language first identity, or do I want to say on the spectrum? So there's that perspective right there. But I think what autism means to me is, yes, I have a disability, but I think the best thing to focus on, it means to me that you have these disorders, you have these disabilities, but it means too that you're also still a human being and you focus on things that you can do and work around things that you can't. Correct. You got to work around the loop every once in a while. And everyone does, don't they? Well, years ago, I got tired of being called disabled because I didn't like it that people were looking at me like, like what would say, I'm not disabled. And it would, they were identifying me with then what are you as if I wasn't a human being. So I came up with human detour system, meaning that there's certain things that you can do really well. And then there's the detour up ahead whether it's not driving a car ever or never being allowed to go into an auditorium because uh, the sensory is just too great, but you can go in and have a one-on-one with someone, or you can go and listen to something that was recorded inside that auditorium and have the time of your life and give that feedback with other people online later. Again, learning how to work around those sensory issues and also taking the detour by putting earplugs in if the noise in the auditorium is just going to be way too much or wearing special colored lenses, sunglasses. It's a big challenge with sensory issues. I've talked about that. C-123, sensitive feelings for the listeners out there. But yes, it is a big challenge too. But what I like about it is nowadays in the year 2022, there's ways around the loop. It does. So now what were your initial thoughts when you learned that you had autism? So I talked about this and actually I'm currently on a podcast tour right now. And the name of the tour is called Taking Metal Grounds. My thoughts were, wow, 
I have a disability. I have a disease like cancer. I'm going to get special attention. But what I didn't realize that going into special ed meant was getting on an individual education plan and being put into special work programs where people would define me. I didn't realize that if you focus too much on the disability, you can miss out on a lot of other things and you also let other people define you. And that's not good. Oh, no, 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 no. You are the one who can define yourself at the end of the day. No one has the right to define you. Now, how do you think our brains operate or autistic brain operates? So I've never seen what my brain looks like, but being that I work at a university, I would love to do a brain scan. Speaking of Temple, it's what Temple did. She did a brain scan and she found out that her math department was completely trashed. I think it depends on the way our brains are wired. I have no idea how my brain is wired. Now, one thing I'd like to do is take a brain scan and take a look at what departments of my brain are trashed. Like with Temple, she had a lot of water damage in the math department, but she also had a really long cord connecting. Like it was a computer cord that caused her to have those visual images and they flash really fast. I'd like to know what it is in my brain that's causing me to have the eidetic memory. And no, I don't have the eidetic memory where I remember absolutely everything on a soup can, or as Temple talked about it in one of the episodes we recorded together, where she's talking about some people on the spectrum can remember every hotel room number. I don't remember that. I just remember the details. And I remember what happened during said day, during said time, et cetera. It just depends on the way our brains are wired. That's why it's called, quote, neurodiversity, right? In a way, you could say that. And what I've used with that strategy, with the identical memory, is I've used a lot of acronyms in my life. Oh, yeah, acronyms. Like Burger King. I could probably come up with a long term for that, and I'll recognize it. BK. And then I've also heard others that there's white in their head, just a little bit of the color white. Yeah, white matter. Now, I, I didn't know what it's called, so... What is white matter anyway? I, I don't know. Well, oddly enough, one of the areas I'm looking at is because I'm getting ready to go back to school and I'm waiting to hear back from the university so I can take some, their undergrad level. I want to take some what you call post-bac classes. The main thing is I get some experience and research and pull my grades up because I'm looking at getting into a doctoral program. And I'm interested in doing either developmental psychology or cognitive sciences And cognitive, I'd like to look more at what the autistic brain looks like. And then you have developmental psychology. And I'm sure you could look at the development of an autistic brain in an infant. I have no idea. I have a lot of research ahead of me, a lot of work ahead. So Yeah, but isn't research the best, though, half the time? Yes, it is. There are times in life that technology is a pain. But when it comes to researching, oh, my goodness, that's one of the benefits that I love about this computer slash internet. We had technology to start doing things remotely. Like regarding technology, we had everything going to telework or working remotely from home during the pandemic. And we also had all these other great technologies and uh, people really brought out their creative side using the technology. For me, it was how I enhanced my podcast. It was just really fun to do. Right. And we'll talk more about that podcast later, but you're right with technology. It did help me. And it's very helpful with me because I'm an online student. Because when I've learned via college, the first semester, because I had to get my feet wet, I cannot follow along like zero. It's not the fact that I'm not slacking or anything. It's the fact that I really cannot follow along. Like they say some confusing, we're done. 
because I'm going to question about that and not worry about the next part of the information that they give me. I do well with classes online too, but it also helps to connect with my professor in person because they're saying that if you connect with your professors, they can help get you into internships and they can also, from what I understand, get you into opportunities where you can help out with things like research. You can build up some skills during undergrad. And that's true. I mean, that's correct. But the hard part is in college is you have to communicate to slow down. And in college, they can't slow down. So what were your last two semesters of college like? The last two, they were very rushed. They were great people. I would never say, oh, these professors sucked. No, 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 no. It's just, I just couldn't follow along. I had to write notes and pay attention to the board. It's like, whoa, that's way too much. I'm a man who cannot mentally, and I repeat, cannot mentally take notes and watch a video at the same time. If you tell me to, I'm going to laugh at you and then say, huh, good luck with that. That's not happening. Now, question, do you get accommodations? Yes, in the college accommodations, but I question if they're enough for me. Let's put it that way. I understand. For me, what I do, what helps is recording things on my phone and comparing notes with other students. And then also another accommodation is I'm having prioritized seating where I sit at the front of the class. And then, I mean, I know that not everybody on the spectrum can handle this. I mean, I've talked to people that struggle to take notes because they're not auditory learners, they're visual learners. And so they need someone to help them take the notes. Oh, yes, we tried that. And we had to go, we had to go a little bit around around that. But with me, it's a bit of both. I'm a visual and auditory, but it depends on what the topic is. Let's put it that way. I understand you're still a fan of wrestling. Have you had any wrestlers on your show that support awareness and our acceptance? Mick Foley. I got to have him on finally be in C145 in hardcore Mick Foley for the listeners again. But yes, I had him. He has a son on the spectrum and it, he's my favorite. So it, it worked out really well, actually. And I'll tell you, if Mick's listening right now, he is probably one of the most humble people you'll ever meet in life. I would say if he's a celebrity, celebrities don't deserve him. He doesn't deserve to be labeled as a celebrity. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a nice way to where, because he's like us. Well, you know what? Celebrities are like us. We just don't see what their lives do. Like, look at Johnny Depp and the situation with Amber Heard. I don't want to say anything wrong because I'm a big Johnny Depp fan. And I love Pirates of the Caribbean. And I will tell you, looking at those videos, it shows you that Johnny Depp and people like Leo DiCaprio, who's another favorite actor of mine. And I personally think both of them are somewhere on the spectrum. And I know that there's a lot of speculation about Johnny being a spectrumite. However, when I look at the video, Johnny and Amber Heard, it shows you just how unperfect their lives really are. And sure, they have piles of money. They live in multiple estates across the globe various times of the year. I mean, some of them even own private islands. They have personal problems like everybody else. And if you look at the video with Johnny Depp, you can see him getting frustrated, trying to keep it together with Amber Heard. And this was, I don't know how many years before uh, this trial happened. And you look at the things that Johnny does to try to keep himself together and try to manage his emotion by punching cabinets and smashing glasses. No, his life's not perfect. Amber Heard's life's not perfect. Right. No one in life is perfect. And this may be cliche, but have you heard the phrase? Money. Cliche. Yeah, cliche. Thank yeah. you. 
money can't buy you happiness. And that's so true because you can have all the money in the world. But if your heart's not fulfilled with purpose and love, you're mm-hmm. going to wonder what the heck you're doing here. Exactly. I mean, you have to wonder if those celebrities are even happy living in some of those mansions. Yeah, it's hit certain celebrities. I've read articles with certain celebrities that fame didn't get to the air when they became basically arrogant, but the fame bothered them. Yeah. Like, I don't know if DiCaprio is arrogant, but honestly, I've read that he doesn't, he calls himself unHollywood. I think I know what you're talking about. However, the whole thing about fame bothering him, I've read that he gets so stressed out that he's become a chain smoker and he's been trying to quit. Him and it's like him and his friend Toby McGuire, they can't stand having their pictures taken and they just uh, they get mad and they smash uh, people's cameras. Let's not put the paparazzi around them. Yeah, that's got to be overwhelming. So, what I understand is that DiCaprio will try to be as uh, discreet as possible and he'll be the master of disguises so people won't recognize him so he doesn't get harassed and then toby mcguire gets frustrated when fans want to take pictures of him i mean he gets so frustrated that i understand he smashes up people's cameras and a lot of people think that both of them are jerks to their fans but no they're not being jerks they're just protecting themselves right i mean we all need privacy in life people got have to have privacy you need privacy we can't be around people all the time that's what fans sometimes need to understand you know why they take days off sometimes for their sanity yeah exactly i mean the media makes them out to be oh leonardo's mean cameron diaz is mean they're stuck on themselves yada 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 well you know what they may try to look arrogant but they're probably just guarded like you know temple grandin when i first met her she was very guarded And I understand because those celebrities, they have to worry about people using them for things. And so me, I don't bother Temple all the time just because I know her. I mean, she has such a busy schedule and she has her own life. And I don't either. Now, what is the most rewarding and most difficult thing about having autism? Well, I have the eidetic memory. That's rewarding. And then another rewarding thing is working at a university and collecting autism resources across the state. And I don't collect them. I just look for autism resources and being a person on the spectrum that was hired to do that and having that inside perspective. So in a way, you're living the dream job. Yeah, but it's not perfect. Speaking of perfect. Right. Nothing's perfect, but it feels like what you're saying is you're basically most days because believe me, I have some family members who don't love their jobs all the time, but most days you feel like you have the dream job yeah like i love having my own office i love having lion king plushies up there i got a picture of temple grandin in my office (laughs) see you're just living the great life and that's all it takes and the great life for everyone is not your ideal life honestly i have times where i get frustrated too i mean i get frustrated at some of the things i see at work i don't want to get into it because I want to try to be as professional as possible. But sometimes I'm frustrated because I have an associate's and a bachelor's degree right now. I'm frustrated because I'm going to need countless hours of certification, qualification, and countless hours of mentoring and education to go to the full focus. I mean, my dream job is to teach. My dream job is to do research. Well, let me ask you this then. Are the frustrating times worth it? Like, are they worth going through i think they are because you live and learn yeah everyone does everyone has to at one point in their life 
No one comes out of the womb perfect. No, they don't. So what about you know? Do you have a job now, Sam? Uh, this, if you want to count this, but that's it. But I do speak, I'm starting at speaking gigs, so. I saw. That's I, what I'm doing right now to answer your question. I should start getting into speaking. I mean, I've been trying to reach out to Future Horizons because I would like to write a book about my experiences of being a woman of the spectrum. I recently just turned 40 last October. And so I'd like to talk about that as well and talk about things that I've learned in the work environment and things that I've learned along the way. I mean, sure, college is great. But one of the things that you really need to know is... It's not really the college that'll get you along the way. Yeah, that'll get you a lot of experiences, but it's the hard knock school of life that will really educate you and shape who you want to be. And that's what I'd like to do. And then again, I'm a public speaker as well. Like over this past weekend, I went to a convention and I held a autism friendly panel, which was very, very refreshing. I mean, myself and everybody in that audience had a blast and they felt like they could really relate. So I think they were grateful for that. I really liked doing that. And it was the first time I'd ever done something in person versus doing something remotely. I will say this, it is a different field when you go to in-person and virtual. It's like what Temple talked about when I recorded my second episode with her. I mean, I've done two episodes with Temple. The second time she was finally talking about how Zoom, it was causing people to feel fatigued from virtual things. And I agree with her, but she said at the same time, it was very rewarding because uh, she's getting older and she can't handle everything all the time in person anymore. But she said that she's got more opportunities to do more virtual speaking events in other countries that she otherwise would not have been able to do. Correct. She spoke at my gala and Hmm. I believe if there was not any Zoom, there'd be no temple speaking. Yeah. So she called in the Zoom? Yeah, through the uh, the events internet. So what did she talk about? Well, it was mainly question and answers, but we definitely have, we had some great questions and some great answers. Yeah, I, can't, and, uh, I can't remember what they were off the top of my head. If I, tell me about, tell me about this gala. All right. So we can go into a little bit of details. So the gala event was really on April 16th, 2022. I promoted mm-hmm. a lot on this, on this episode, but we did it in Bloomington, Indiana, and we were trying to promote success for everybody, what success looks like, because in my eyes, owning a limo and getting up every day is basically the same thing. Very cool. So what kind of event was it? Black tie or was it cocktail attire? What was it? Black, black tie. Oh, really? And how many people showed up? Well, through volunteers, over a hundred that I can think of. I bet it was beautiful. Oh, it was a beautiful and happy day for me at least yeah you'll have to show me the pictures after this podcast is over i will what advice would you give to someone who just learned they had autism i think one of the things to know is once again okay so first of all you've heard everything about how you're disabled and you'll never amount to anything first of all i want to tell you if you're listening to those voices sure There were things that you were never going to be able to do. But remember this, those that know me the least have a lot to say. And those who are telling you, let's say special education teachers, people who work in these professions, and then some of these other people, like other autism parents, sometimes they tend to get this idea of what autism is. 
and they think that they mean well, and they think that they're helping you. The best thing to do is recognize what you're good at. And if those voices aren't going to listen to you, if all they're going to do is remind you that you're autistic, then chances are those aren't the voices that you need to listen to anyway. If anything, you need to listen to your own voice. All right. There are different voices everywhere. Find your voice and you might as well ignore it because it, if you think about this, saying you're going to push someone in the pool and pushing someone in the pool is way different. Yep, exactly. Now, I do even talk more about your podcast. So why did you decide to start your podcast, Hello World with Mia Sundermeyer? Well, first of all, I started my podcast as actually Maya Sundermeyer. It's Hello World with Maya Sundermeyer, but Mia is fine. But I started my podcast after being interviewed on another podcast with Dr. Stephanie Holmes of Converge Autism Radio. And actually, a Hello World with Maya has been a brand since 2014. It started out on YouTube and the name of the series was called Hello World with Maya. And I just recorded a bunch of YouTube videos and that eventually expanded out into blogs on WordPress. And then in 2019, I decided to officially start the podcast. I had been thinking about it for a while, but after being interviewed for Converge Autism Radio, I decided to take a step deeper and I wanted to start talking about topics that were more educational. And I wanted to give my two cents on what's going on with autism in the media. And I just started doing shows that were about 10 minutes long or less. And then the pandemic hit and I decided to invest the money and enhance the show by having guests on. And I started reaching out to them. I had some people who I knew in my networks that I thought would be great guests. And then I also reached out to Temple and she was so excited. And so I talked to her in April and I'd also spoken to Haley Moss in April. Now, have you had Haley Moss on the show? No, ma'am. But now you say that, I might think about it. She's really good. She has a lot of really interesting things to say. Like she said that one of the things that really bugs her is when we have employers that hire individuals on the spectrum, they don't hire them for their skills. They hire them because it's the right thing to do. And that is one of the things that she advocates against. I don't blame her either. You should not hire us because at the end of the day, you feel bad for us. No, you need to hire us because you want us there, not because you need us there. Yeah. And not because they want to hire someone just to show off and then they don't treat those employees right. I am curious, why did you want me on the show exactly? And this is just a curious perspective. So first of all, I was looking for people to be on the show. And in fact, I'm always calling for proposals. I mean, my show is not as big as yours. And I'll uh, get to uh, something else really important in a minute. But the reason why I wanted you on my show is because Stephanie Holmes has a lot of great references for guests. And so even on Stephanie's show, Converge Autism Radio. Yes. Yeah, she referred me to you. And so I thought you're a voice of autism. You're a podcast host yourself and you own your own show. So I thought it'd be really curious to have you on the show as well. You got to remember, I'm 19. Being autistic at 19 is way different to being autistic at 35 or older. I'm 40. I know. I know. I'm just thinking. I was thinking. It really is. I was thinking of a range age. Yeah. When I was your age, I had a very different perspective. I wanted nothing to do with being autistic. Back then, I thought to myself, 
if I just live on my own and not tell anybody that I'm autistic, then I guess I'll be okay. But people realized that there was something off about me back when I was 20, which was now 20 years ago. I attempted to live with two roommates. And yes, I had a diagnosis back then that was a PDD, Pervasive Developmental Delays or PDD-NOS, none other specified, which back then they referred to as high-functioning autism. I would tell everybody if I had a disability, I would tell them that I had ADHD. I did not want people cramming down my throat about what services I need or what services I qualify for. Are your parents paying for you to live here? And so I wanted that to be kept quiet because I wanted to live a normal life. I did not want to be put into a group home and I had been in special education and the teachers told my mom and dad that I would never amount to anything. And I didn't believe that. They didn't believe that. Anyway, when I lived up in Minneapolis, I lived with two roommates that were already in and out of college and they were six and eight years older than I was. I never bothered to tell either one of them that I was on the spectrum because I didn't want them poking their nose in my business. What happened was back then, they thought that I was weird. They thought I was crazy. They knew that there was something off about me and they definitely could tell that I had poor social skills, but you know, they didn't point it out. Instead, they were passive aggressive and they would get mad at me every time I would turn around because they didn't know what was going on and I didn't know how to communicate with them. And that's what my issue is. I know there are some people out there who are passive aggressive and would rather just walk away instead of telling you to your face that what's wrong with you. And I know that we shouldn't say that, but I feel that's kind of a problem because wouldn't it be better if we could all be honest with each other? Yeah, exactly. First of all, I don't want to keep badmouthing my roommates, but it wasn't the best fit for me and it wasn't the best fit for them because we were all in very different places of our lives. As I said, they were in their older 20s and early 30s and late 20s, early 30s. And here I was just a young kid out of high school and a young kid trying to figure out whether I wanted to be a flight attendant or whether I wanted to go and get an associate's degree before transferring my credits to a big university. They were not very supportive. I mean, they were silent judges. And one of them was just mean and obnoxious. And she knew how to be a bully to me. I mean, she knew I was different. She didn't want me around. She decided to hurt my feelings on purpose because of that. Instead of telling me that it would be inappropriate for us to hang out. It's like, look, I know you want to be my friend, but I just don't think we're compatible. And instead, she just pulled a bunch of other inappropriate and immature stunts herself. But here's the deal. I wish I could have learned this. I wish you could have. You could have walked away. Let's put it that way. Well, if I would have done that situation all over again, I probably would have put up some signs and I probably would have told the roommate, hey, could you guys put another ad in the paper? And I should have listened to them and I should have gone to the local community college and put up some signs and look for some roommates closer to my age. Or I should have also looked for some basement apartments where I wasn't going to be treated such, you know? Right. And it happens though. We, like you said, we live and we learn. Now, I do want to talk about your diagnosis. So I'm curious, what were some of the clues that made you think that you have autism? Did you figure it out eventually or did you have to play Scooby-Doo in order to no. learn that you had no. autism. I sometimes wondered if I had some sort of a disability because first of all, people were calling me the R word and then I was placed into special classes. But I thought that I was put in those special classes because I couldn't handle the mainstream classroom um, over the fact that they were just very overwhelming. 
I never thought that there was anything wrong with me. I just thought that what I did was, hey, a part of everyday life. Okay, hey, I don't ride the big bus. I ride the short bus. I go to a special classroom that's small and I have tutors. I have these things, but I never thought that I had anything wrong with me. I mean, it was only brought to my attention that I had a disability after I was diagnosed with autism. My parents put me into a special education classroom and I liked it at first because it meant no homework. I never really assumed that there was anything wrong with me. I mean, people had to point it out. Like, for example, I had poor social skills and I didn't realize that until after I'd moved out of my roommate's house. A lot of people picked that up and then other people also noticed that I was just a bit more immature than they were. And I had other interests that other teens and adolescents or teens and adults had that I didn't like. I was still obsessed with Disney movies or I still had a fixed focus on that Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I understand that. To be honest, I'm 19. I still love immature shows. What shows? Oh, gosh. Let's just say they're not like the shows that are R-rated, but the shows you wouldn't want to watch with your parents. Like cartoon shows? Oh, not Adult Swim. Not that, no. Like adult rated R movies that basically involve a lot of just funny 15-year-old stuff. Let's put it that way. Think about what a 15-year-old would like to watch, but couldn't. I didn't start liking teenage shows until I was 15. I mean, I, here I was, I was obsessed with The Lion King and like The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And I would go talk about those things nonstop. But I also liked teenage shows. Like I liked Keenan and Kel on Nickelodeon. And that was really popular back in the 90s. I also like adventure movies. Like I love Twister and Independence Day. But I didn't look at them from a current perspective until years later. Like I watched the movie Independence Day and I had a chance to analyze the situation and analyze the movie. Like, yeah, that's unrealistic. But I liked things that teenagers and adults liked. And then I just gradually started to like other things. Like I got into Leo DiCaprio and uh, I got into the whole teen idol thing and then Bye Bye Disney for a while. And I got into Titanic. I got into watching the Leo movies, but I was also quite immature. Like I was acting like a 10 year old And I would mimic some of the things that Leo would say that were bad words. Just start scripting things that were just inappropriate. I didn't actually start watching these movies again until years later when I was mature enough to watch them and really understand what was going on. I was just too infatuated with DiCaprio. But hey, you found a fixing interest and it gave you purpose. That's what I promoted on the last episode as well. Yeah, it was just a special interest, and that was Leonardo DiCaprio. But I realized that I could have probably broadened my interest, and I could have probably done something related to podcasting and related to maybe learning how to write articles in the local school paper about movies that were popular. Something you can do with Leonardo, try to get him on your show. Yeah, well, did you know he played an autistic character back in 1993? However, it's my understanding that that man does not like being interviewed. So I don't think he'd want to talk about that. Well, you can give it a try. I tried with Mick Foley and it happened. So might as well. Well, I I tried it with Temple Grandin and it happened. I wouldn't mind having Johnny Depp on my show. I also wouldn't mind having Chris Pratt on the show. Oh, I bet I can imagine Chris Pratt. He's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. Did you know that he was promoting the new Jurassic World movie? And, you know, recently he tried to climb into a Lego dinosaur and the people at the event told him to get out of there. Well, he probably was acting like a 10-year-old in it. 
<laughs> yeah. The other thing too is probably not very smart because you climb into a Lego structure, you can imagine the stability in there. Yeah, point taken. Now, I do want to talk more about your friendship with Temple Grandin. So how did you get to become friends with Temple Grandin? I wouldn't say that we're like close friends. I'd say she and I are more like professional networks, but she and I have formed a bond over time. It's just uh, basically, I just started putting myself out there and I started networking with her. And it all started back in 2014 when I had just gotten this job at Georgia State. But I knew that at some point she and I would connect. I just had this feeling that she and I would end up talking. In 2014, like November, like Veterans Day, 2014, speaking of eidetic memory, which is November 11th. By the way, that's Leonardo DiCaprio's birthday. He was born on November 11th, 1974. And so anyway, getting back to uh, when I met Temple Grandin, which was surprisingly on Leo's birthday. <laughs> So basically, I heard her speak, and this was the third time I heard her speak. I had heard her in person a couple of other times. And this time, I had a new job. I had business cards. So I was determined to give her a new business card of mine and connect with her. And so the first time I met with her, she, she was like, well, what you said the last time, just really rocky. And so she asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I tried to give her the works, and she cuts me off and goes, hey, I don't have time for that jargon and the rest is BS. What do you want to do with your life? And being me, I was nervous. And I said, well, you're Temple Grandin, but I'm just Maya Sundermeyer. And then she started talking really fast about uh, some of the uh, things that she had to go through, including the time that they put bull testicles on her vehicle. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was awful. I mean, I hated to laugh at it, but I can't because I did laugh at it because it was funny. I laughed at it. Because why would someone take the time to do that? Well, I've never laughed at that scene, honestly. I'll, you know, every time I watch that movie and I see those uh, little testicles on her car, or uh, it was Claire Danes, I, I thought, oh, that looks like something out of a horror movie. Well, I so, laughed at it because it was stupid. It was stupid yeah. to do that. That's why I laughed at it. It wasn't because I was saying, oh, haha, she has bull testicles on her car. And I was like, really? You took yeah. the time to do this? Don't mm-hmm. do that. Well, the way that they treated her was pretty bad. And yeah, we watched the movie too before we had her on the show. Really? I saw her in person the first time at the Center for Disease Control in 2008, but I was in a very different place than I am now. I wasn't that interested in her. I went and saw her in person for a very different reason. In fact, I wasn't even interested in her back then. I was interested in the guy who was on the spectrum. He called me up and told me to go listen to her. And so I went for that reason. I went and heard her speak. And at first, I just thought she was really interesting. And then I also had grown up hearing about some woman on the spectrum that had a doctor degree in something with animals. And back then, I thought she was a veterinarian. But then I heard that she was an animal scientist. And I thought, oh, maybe she works at zoos with monkeys. Or maybe she does what Jane Goodall does. Or in a lab with monkeys. That's what I thought of. And I thought maybe she did animal behavior with great cats or something or she worked at some sort of an animal conservatory but then when I heard her and I saw her in person like first thing I saw was oh she's a cowgirl but I wouldn't end up meeting Temple until six and a half years later after that there were just a lot of other networks of ours that had her for their speaking gigs and so 
I just went and started networking with her. And then I started networking with her publishers at Future Horizons and I started blogging for them. And then I found out that I could email her. And so she and I started touching base by email. And then I started going to some of her talks and that's how she and I became familiar with each other. Well, speaking of talks, through the talks or just through talking to her, what has Temple Grandin taught you? You remember last time we talked about how blunt she is? Yeah, I love it, but continue. Yeah, me too. Well, she means well too. So as I said, I blogged for Future Horizons and I haven't blogged in person for them in a long time. I can do it virtually, but I'm waiting for them to go back in person because it's just more fun and it's fun to get pictures with Temple. Just before everything closed down, this was January 2020, I sat in front of her so I could hear her speak because again, I have a shorter attention span. I kept getting up to use the bathroom and she kept her eyes on me. And she firmly said, you really should not be texting uh, because I was also tweeting about the event and she got mad because she thought I was texting. And she goes, now you've walked out of here twice. And then she said something else. And she said, don't worry, this will mean something to you someday. You'll thank me later. This reminds me of the time that somebody slammed down or my boss slapped down that, that can of deodorant. I looked at her and I said, you always do. I said, I always do thank you. And she goes, you need to go sit in the back. And so she just kept talking. And then I told her what I was doing. Why didn't you say so in the first place? I and don't I said, interrupt you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I said, well, I was waiting for you to get done talking. <laughs> and then she continued with her talk and it was a fabulous night. And then later on that evening, why did you do that? And so I explained myself you know, that I had too much tea. And she said, oh, she said, it's probably more appropriate if you're a reporter to sit in the back because that way you can answer calls or it's better for you to get up and use the bathroom at things like this so you don't disturb everybody else around you. But it, it was no harm. It, she was fair and she also was just trying to help you out. Mm -hmm. That's what yeah. it's blind advice. It's just kind of tough love and we all need that paddle, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, no, she was absolutely very light in the email. She's very polite about it and she redeemed herself. She's also taught me that it's okay to switch from anger to crying. She said, it's okay to cry if somebody's being mean to you. For example, getting back to the bull testicles on the vehicle, she said that she went and found a place to cry under the steps and find other places where she could discreetly cry for a few minutes when those foremen were picking on her when she was back working on her dissertations. And that's the odd thing with me. I mean, I used to cry and have meltdowns big time, and I probably would have cried if I was seven, but nowadays... I don't know if it's just because of my masculinity or if it's just because I just don't do it or just don't understand to do it. I sweat. Yeah. Well, you know what? Can I tell you, if I get really overwhelmed at a convention, or if I get really overwhelmed at work, I'll just start crying or I'll just automatically start crying. If someone's ugly to me. It's not a matter of the fact that I want to hit somebody. It's something that comes naturally to me. But I'm just wondering, is it on in this case, in your case, where you would cry, I would sweat? No, I don't think it's odd. It sounds like you've learned how to handle yourself in that manner. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. I think another one, too, is just learning not to put myself into situations that I know are going to be stressful. And I know where other people are going to be ugly to me. And so I'm learning to just keep my mouth shut and learning that I don't need to argue with someone just because they say something to me. Right, I got to work on that because when I get into an argument, my thing is I feel like I have to get the last word. I always have felt like that. I think I got that for my family, though. All right, that's good. Anything else? Um, not that I know of when it comes to that. 
Well, I'm having a really good time chatting with you today, so. I appreciate it. Now, I do want to talk to you more about what you call the autism plan. So can you describe what the autism plan is? So back in 2013, this is before I got hired. And this is something that Dr. Daniel Crimmins, who was the former director of the autism plan for Georgia, what he did was he applied for a grant and it was a five-year plan that was used so that he and various stakeholders, you know, like stakeholders or people that lived across the state, like self-advocates, professionals, family members would get together and create what we call a roadmap that would help families and individuals on the spectrum gain better access to services. And so me, I was looking for a job. And in 2014, I interviewed and I got hired on. And that was because they wanted someone on the spectrum who had a better insight to collect those resources. And so I got hired on for that. And so basically what we want to do is we want to try to collect as many resources as possible and especially the unique ones and figure out ways that families and individuals on the spectrum can gain access to the services. And me, I did a lot of research and there are 10 areas to the plan. Like you have early identification and diagnosis, like early interventions and screeners have community, school, medical and dental, transition into adult services. And each of these areas would have different resources that relate to the 10 categories or the 10 areas. That sounds really interesting. Now, I also saw it looked like a sun. That was a really good visual aid. I was really impressed because that made sense. It truly is the sun because it's going in different directions. I'm not the one that designed that. I mean, they were already in the process of designing the sun for the autism plan for Georgia. And we also had a community advisory council. I mean, I wasn't the director of that. I just helped facilitate that. And we had about four or five self-advocates on there. We also had family members and other great professionals. Actually, speaking of which, I mean, some of the people that sat on the board or the advisory, I don't want to give out their names, but they had an event right around the time that I was starting to connect where it was an autism conference and Temple was going to speak. And so this would have been a year and a half after I had connected with Temple and where things were really awkward between us. The second time I saw her down in another part of the state, I don't want to give that away. One of the good things about the plan and about our advisory is that I had a chance to connect with these other professionals. And so I had a chance to do that. And then I was also invited to be part of a town hall panel for Autism Speaks Zip, as well. I talked about li- my experiences living independently. There are some other professionals there. And then I was the only self-advocate on that panel at that time. And it was a blast. That sounds fun. I mean, I think I'm going to be in a panel when I go to Orlando. And I don't think it'll be autism, but it'll be disabilities. And I'm cool. excited for that. Like, okay. I think there's one with cerebral palsy. So what conference are you going to in Orlando? It's PodFest, where basically it's the world's biggest PodFest like meeting expo, I guess what you can call it. And we'll talk to people who own podcasts. That's one rule, I think, in order to be there, which makes sense. But I think a lot of them are going to have some form of disabilities, and I'm really excited for that one. I should look at going in the future. Yeah, it's May 25th, and it's for four days. So May 25th and 29th. I mean, I know you say you were... I don't think I'm going to go this year, but maybe I could find a chance to sneak down there and try to get a one-day pass to Epcot because I'm a roller coaster fan and I've been talking about this across my podcast. 
I'm obsessed with Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Speaking of hyper-focus, I mean, mo- movies and TV are more my hyper-focus. Like right now, I'm kind of obsessed with everything involving Guardians. And so I'm curious to get on the new Cosmic Rewind down there. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. I bet there's something down there for Guardians of the Galaxy fans around there. I bet there's something. I just bought a new rocket keychain, so. Yep. Now you can add all the Guardians next time. Add Next time you can get Gamora, maybe, or Nebula. Are those your two favorite characters, Gamora and Nebula? No, 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 no. It's Hulk and Iron Man for me, for my oh, Marvel. Marvel. Oh, Iron Man is also cool. I mean, for me, it, I am not like super big superhero fan, but I like Spider-Man. Because uh, I grew up with the ones with Tobey Maguire and Aunt, actually... I started adulting at the ones with Tobey Maguire. Hey, it gave you a purpose again. Yes. You adult. And CMO 48 for the listeners, AMM, autistics are marvelous. But yeah, I think sometimes Marvel helped me through my life too when it came yeah. to just watching them out and just seeing that here are these guys who can play these characters and I can be yeah. them too, but I just got to find the way to be. Yeah. Now, did you see the Hulk in Thor Ragnarok? All I've heard was he was kind of like funny. And an idiot. He's and really a, funny. I mean, the guy way. who plays him, I can't think of his name now. Mark Ruffalo is the guy that uh, plays, I can't think of his real name, Dr. Banner. Bruce That's, Banner. There it is. Bruce Banner. Yeah, Dr. Bruce Banner, a.k.a. The Hulk. I like Spider-Man, and then I'm also a Guardian fan because it's not overly doing it with superhero movies. I like that it's more space-themed, and what I like is that it's like the Star Wars of this generation. Like, the original Star Wars, when it was cool and popular, only this time you have more classic rock. Oh yeah, that's the best type of music there, buddy. I've always been that way. When you do work with the autism plan, because I know you said you had before, what were some of the steps and strategies that you use when you are mapping? Well, so resource mapping, I made a lot of phone calls. I mean, again, I don't do it anymore because it's kind of over now. When I first started doing it, I either reached out to the resource and I would use a special script that some of my other colleagues wrote for me. And then, I mean, I would have to make it sound as professional as possible. And then there would be a link to the survey now out of curiosity did you have when it came to playing did you have to defend someone i mean not get like verbal mm-hmm. obviously but like no. defend them like well they were just up to par and doing it i didn't have to defend it but no i had to make sure i stayed focused and i had to make sure that i spoke with a script and i couldn't go all over the place and i had to be as professional as possible a little while before that i had worked at a real estate firm and i did cold calls and i did warm calls i worked on commission so i really had a chance to uh, practice using my voice to speak professionally over the phone when i did the autism plan for georgia i learned how to read from the script and i took the experience i had from being at the real estate firm well hey you Probably would be a great script writer now these days. Probably. Now, we're going to hear a word from another sponsor, which is Place for Purpose. So let's get to it, everybody. This place does indeed have a purpose. The purpose they want to fulfill is to give children a chance in a foster care system. In this system, they believe that families do not have to be blood, do not have to require love in the family of these children. Marcy Cook and this nonprofit want to make a difference in the lives of people who need to be inspired. If you are seeking out a foster care experience, then this is the place to be. Located in Bloomington, Indiana, it will be an experience you will not regret. All right, folks, we're back. And yes, please check them out because if you have a purpose, it's definitely the place for you. Now, you would talk about this offer that you got in 2014, which was you got to be on the planning committee for the Nationwide State Autism Conference. So how did this offer come across to you? 
there was another self-advocate of mine. I'm not going to mention his name, but I was looking for work and I got a text from this friend of mine and he said there was an opportunity knocking and I thought they thought it was administrative assistant and I was looking for an office job so I could go back to school. I mean, back then I changed my major briefly from psychology to physics because I love math. And so I was looking for a way to pay for school and support myself. And then I was also a student here at state. My friend texted me and said there was a job offer. So I was self-determined to get the job and I got it. Wow. And you look what happens. You're, you were a woman of your word, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people on the spectrum are man and woman of their words. They're The one thing I can say, if you don't think they're good, let's at least say that one positive is they'll keep the promises. So and I do want to talk to you about your position, which is where you are employed at the Center for Leadership and Disability at the School of Public Health at Georgia State University. How did this position go from temporary to permanent? How it went from temporary to permanent? Well, I just worked really hard. And look what happens when you work hard, you boost up. This position I'm talking about now, see, this is different. I mean, sure, I represent the center. I want to be very careful about what I say. But yeah, that's how I got in. I mean, I love it. I've even thought about writing a thesis based on the work with the Autism Plan for Georgia and going back and getting a master in public health. But I want to get my master's and my doctorate together in either developmental psychology or cognitive science, cognitive psychology after taking that my last semester. But I'm sure those could probably also tie into the Autism Plan for Georgia because one of the areas, I mean, this is not a work-related podcast, but I just tell you that one of the areas that they look at is early identification and screening. And if I went into developmental psychology, I'm sure I could be going into that area as a resource. Yeah, it may happen one day. I mean, resources are so valuable. It's been my, been my savior grace half the time. All right. Anything else you want to ask me? Well, I do want to ask you, what about the Center for Leadership and Disability do you love? So what I love about working at the Center for Leadership and Disability, the people here are very positive and the people here believe in acceptance and inclusion. They also believe in helping individuals who are disabled become all that they can be, whether they're autistic and they just, they have some really cool programs and they have some really cool projects that they've worked on that I just admire. Right, which is what they do, because I, as your motto says, they empower individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities. They so, sure do. What do they do to make sure that they do that motto? I don't really know if I want to go into all of that, but I don't know if I'm at liberty to say that. What they want to do is they want to create more of a safe space. They want to make sure that we feel empowered, like focusing on what a person can do and work around what they can't. That's it. That's what I'm glad they are. At least there's some place that wants to care for us. Now, I do want to talk about this. I ran the website. You teach this class, kind of. Well, you don't teach it, but it exists in your job. It's called Peers. Peers? Yes. Yeah, I don't handle that at all. Right now, I'm working with the admin team. But what Peers is doing, it teaches social skills to teens and young adults. Oh, and that's awesome. But even though you don't work there, have you heard of what they do? Or like, what does yeah. it mean yeah. to you? I'm not involved with them at all, but I have done some reading on what they do. Appears is a very, very structured model that to be qualified to, to do the job. I've read the books and from what I've read, they're very structured and they're very strict and they want everybody to learn as much as possible out of these peers programs. So, and yeah, that's awesome because I was wondering, I mean, is there classes that teach us how to social? 
because I feel like they need more of that these days. But yep. there is something and I saw thought, wow, I wish I could have had that when I was 10 years old. So some of the things that they do go into, like they talk about issues related to bullying. They talk about dating. They talk about um, a wide range of, uh, of topics. Again, I don't do anything with peers. I haven't assisted with peers, but I know that they're very strict and they're very structured. And I know that a lot of people have gotten a lot out of it. Like, I know that they've also talked about peers on the Netflix documentary or the Netflix reality series, Love on the Spectrum. And I mean, I like that part, but as far as the show Love on the Spectrum goes, it's not my favorite series. I find it boring and I don't like what they teach. You don't agree with everything though. I mean, in life, you don't agree with every one or everything too. Well, I'm just not a fan of reality shows. And I just thought that the whole thing was boring. It's like they expected people on the spectrum to just magically make a connection with somebody else on the spectrum just because they were autistic. I didn't like that part. I also want to talk to you about CARE, which helps special education teachers. What does CARE mean to you? Uh, So first of all, I don't have any commentary on that. I don't really work with the special education schools at all. Right now I work on the admin team and then I sometimes work with the autism plan for Georgia. So I can't really tell you a lot about these programs. I mean, you would have to go through these people directly. I mean, the only thing I can do is research them a little bit and then educate people in the past. But mainly at the moment, I'm sitting at the front desk, I'm answering the phone and I'm doing a few other things. I'm not working with the autism plan for Georgia that much. I mean, other than helping out with an autism conference, which is coming up on May 18th and May 19th. And it is a virtual conference and registration right now is open if you'd like to attend, or if you know anybody else would like to attend. And I am going to be doing a presentation about learning social skills through paid and natural supports and just provide some tips on how people should be teaching social skills versus how they should not be teaching social skills. Followers, do register as you can because it'll definitely be something to hear. So my first one is, what is your paradise meal or favorite food, and why is it your favorite? What is my favorite food? Yes, ma'am. Egg rolls. They're crunchy if they're nice and hot and crunchy, and you can dip it in that sweet and sour sauce. So I love egg rolls. Now, what about your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? And why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Hawaii, because it was a childhood dream. And I went two years in a row. I especially enjoyed driving around, not Waikiki, but I enjoyed driving around Oahu, which is where Honolulu and Waikiki are. My aunt and I had some really great adventures on that. And then we also did the big island of Hawaii where the volcanoes are. And it was just a neat, neat trip. I mean... When we first got off the plane, I was saying aloha and mahalo. And she kept saying, stop doing that. You're not Hawaiian. But I want to be Hawaiian. <laughs> and we're, and we're, if it makes you feel better, we're going to Hawaii, hopefully. ASAP. We're just saying. Beautiful. Saying, we're going to a big island. But I also have lots of other great memories of favorite vacations. And the last question is, are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, before you answer, I'd like to answer with a good memory that made you feel good inside and a funny memory that made you fall on the floor. First of all, I can think of a good memory. It's like the Johnny Depp trials are going on right now and everybody's going back and rewatching Pirates of the Caribbean. So I can think of a good memory of a friend and I going and watching Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. 
And the two of us together laughing at the scenes where Jack Sparrow is putting a paprika on his armpits. And I remember the theater busting out laughingly at that. Marvel, were you one of them? Hey, at least you all enjoy it together. I can think, think oh, of another no. good memory was when I took a friend to Disney World. I think a good memory was when I finally got on the Tower of Terror. I mean, we went to Disney two years in a row, and the second year we went, the weather was nice and warm. We rode the Tower of Terror together. I mean, I rode it for the first time because I was scared of vertical drops. And I just remember going on, and I remember just really enjoying the experiences of going up and down and just looking outside, and I was going, woo, woo, woo. And then afterwards, I was, yeah, let's do that again. Yeah, your mom was probably surprised with you because she's like, you like vertical drops now? Hmm. That's new. <laughs> well, I think that's all. Is there anything you want to promote or say before we head out? Yeah. So first of all, promotion, please be sure to check out my podcast series, Hello World with Maya. Go to helloworldwithmaya.podbean.com. That's helloworldwithmaya.podbean.com. You can find me on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio. And then I wanted to let you know that I'm currently on a podcast tour right now. If you have space on your show, do not hesitate to contact me. The name of the tour is called Taking Middle Grounds. And then I'm calling for proposals and I'm always looking for guests. Again, all of that is available on my podcast website. So, and then I always give a good shout out to Sam Mitchell in just about every podcast. So please be sure to check that out. But it's really great being here. So, of course. And thank you for being on. I just hope you have a good day. Tonight. Gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm turning inside out. I'm floating around in ecstasy. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. I hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. So don't stop